everyone. Welcome to Fit Stops the Podium, the Rev Partners podcast. We talk to execs who have competed in one, taking their companies from high growth to high scale. My name is Brendan Tolleson. I serve as the co-founder and CEO of Rev Partners, and I'm delighted to have with me today Ian Koniak for this episode of Pit Stops to Podium. Welcome, Ian. Welcome. Great to be here. Nice to meet you, Brendan. Yeah, likewise. Um, and the, for those who may not be familiar with Ian, Ian serves as the CEO of Untap Your Sales Potential. Uh, and Ian, I would love to give you the opportunity to share a little bit about who Untap Your Sales Potential is uh, and a little bit of the background in terms of your sales experience that led you to start this organization. Yeah, I'll start I'll start with the background. So um, I was I worked at two companies over a 20-year um, sales career. Um, my first 10 years were spent at Rico, which is more of, I would say, a transactional seller. We sold copiers and printers and office equipment. And from there, I was their number one uh, performer. And then I went into leadership and became a sales manager, a general manager, and ultimately a director of sales overseeing a $60 million org with 70 sales reps and 10 frontline sales managers. Then I realized I was playing in the wrong sport. And I discovered SaaS by being a customer of Salesforce. I had used Salesforce heavily to scale my own business, and I decided I wanted to sell it instead. Um, there was a little Forbes article that I read um, that said the average seller at Salesforce in the enterprise was making 300000 and I was making about two fifty, leading a $60 million company. So I said, wait a minute, this makes no sense. Was determined to get in and then spent the next 10 years as an individual contributor at Salesforce, where I rose to become their number one enterprise seller, um, made a good amount of money, was able to retire to pursue a passion of mine, which was sales coaching. So uh, I got to retire at 41, start this business from a place of really wanting to serve others. Um, I had gone through a lot of personal struggles in reaching the highest levels and had gone through that mental battle of you know overcoming myself and overcoming my own demons and my own limiting beliefs and my own, um, you know, I'd say... Uh, capacity of what I thought was possible. And by doing a ton of personal development in my own life, I was able to become the number one at seller at Salesforce. And I said, if I can do it, given all the struggles that I had, I know other people can do it. And, and hmm. uh, what started originally with, with a near-death experience um, where I thought I was going to die in that moment, I said, you know what, if I lived, if I died right now, I wouldn't have really done something meaningful with my life. I was, for the most part, pursuing money and recognition and providing for my family, but I wasn't necessarily giving back and serving others at, at a level that I knew I was capable of. And one thing I loved about leading sales teams was helping develop and serve others. So I decided to take a risk, a very calculated risk, and retire early and, and start a business um, designed to help sales reps untap their full potential, which is really what that means is take sales reps that are good, right? But know there's a higher level that they're capable of achieving and awaken that giant within, awaken that, fuel that fire for them to become elite sellers. And as an elite seller, you can, especially in tech, um, live the life of your dreams, make the income of your dreams. And most people do not get to experience that. Most people are kind of stuck in that two to, I'll call it 150 to 300K earning range versus getting north of five or even north of seven figures. So I take people that are in that kind of good, comfortable range of maybe hitting quota, maybe a little higher and get them to be essentially the top performer at their company. That's that's what we do at Untap Your Sales Potential. We have over 100 clients and we also work with companies that sign up their you know reps to go into our coaching programs as well. Yeah, it seems like for a company, that'd be a win-win if their rep is successful. Ultimately, the company is successful. So, um, And I really appreciate your humility and your vulnerability. Um, 
Uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot that you can, uh, we'll hear about a little bit later in terms of some of the advice you have for our individuals and ultimately for organizations on how they can um, get better uh, and really appreciate the backstory when you mentioned kind of vulnerability of, hey, there was some professionals are doing great. Personally, I was not and I realized no. I had to make a pivot and a change. And so uh, I really appreciate you sharing that story. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's where my growth occurred when I got my own head right. That's when my sales exploded. And when I do a lot of coaching, I see that when we get to the deeper part of people and where they spend their time, it's really sad. But yeah. I did a poll on LinkedIn um, uh, maybe a few months ago and I asked sales reps, how much time do you spend on revenue generating activities per day? And the average across over 2,000 respondents was two to three hours. And that's the truth of the matter. And it's super scary. But reps, they won't tell their managers, but they are not working. They are distracted. They are overwhelmed. They are, you know, less focused than ever. And, and it's having a huge impact on their results and their company's results. So um, when you kind of break that down, I was in a similar boat. I wasn't, you know, if you work a full day on the right activities, you will be successful guaranteed all day, every day. And that's what we, we help people get to a place where they want to, need to, and are willing to do the work yeah. that sales requires. Well, I love that. I'm looking forward to unpacking more of what those activities are and, and how to drive that focus and alignment and clarity. Uh, but before we do that, we do have a tradition here at Pits Out to Podium, and that's to get to know our guests outside of work. So Ian, when you're not helping sales reps, um, how are you spending your time? What, what are the things that uh, bring you life? Well, I'll, I'll be candid with you. Um, when you look at uber successful people, a lot of times the success they have in their work is not necessarily translated to their personal life, right? Their health or their families or their relationships. So mm -hmm. for me, I'm trying to set an example that you can have the highest level of success as a CEO, as a business owner or, you know, sales leader and without sacrificing the personal relationship. So for me, my priority is when I'm done at work, I'm done and I spend time with my family. Um, I have two young kids, three and seven, and we try to take weekend trips together. We do a lot of hiking, we go camping, we go up to Lake Arrowhead. So I'm spending as much time with, with, with my family as possible. And when I'm not with my family, I'm doing you know, um, endurance type of uh, sport. So I ran two marathons in the past year and love training, love running and biking. And it just keeps me sharp for the day. So I'm one of those two things. I'm either training or I'm yeah. with my family. That's great. What's the next, uh, what's the next race you got going on the calendar? Well, interestingly, I, after running the LA marathon in Long Beach, I put a pause on that and my wife said, Ian, you're, you're looking a little thin from all the running. You need to bulk <laughs> up, honey. So I'm actually this week hiring a trainer and going to be moving to weight training um, three or four days a week. And really, for me, it's about getting in that peak strength strength training right now. So I'm putting a pause on the running and focusing more on, on getting stronger. So it's going to be a well, pivot. I'm sure that's probably, one, it's probably fun to have a, a new challenge, but also it might be better on your body to have, uh, not putting that many miles on on the legs. So. Yeah, running's, uh, running's hard on your body for sure. I, I'm not going to stop running. I'll still be doing light bike and, and running, but I'm not going to be doing the 15-mile week and you know, runs anymore. That's for sure. At least for well, uh, I appreciate you sharing. It's always fun to uh, remind ourselves that we're human beings, not human doers. And so just to kind of understand those things that uh, make people come alive is, is really powerful. So thanks for sharing uh, both in your backstory, but also uh, just now. Um, but let's transition into the big idea. And we talked a little about in the uh, beginning of the episode around um, what you're focused on um, as it relates to empowering the sales reps. And I, I'd love to talk a little bit about how we unlock 
the sales champion mindset. And so a lot of what you described as um, that, that mindset being so critical to the success of a sales rep uh, and the challenges that reps are experiencing. So I'd love to talk about the mindset. I'd love to talk about the habits. Um, and then for those managers and CROs, how do they effectively coach those AEs to maintain and sustain that type of mindset. So uh, let's first unpack the mindset. Um, when you talk about the mindset of a, a sales champion, um, what does that look like to you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you three words and, and I'll unpack it, but process over prize. So the bulk of the people in sales are focused on the prize. They're focused on hitting quota. They're focused on making a certain amount of money. They're focused on their performance. And sales is a performance sport. But if you look at every single winning coach, the best coaches of all times. We're talking about Nick Saban. We're talking about, um, uh, we're talking about the close coach of UCLA, um, John Wooden. Um, you can look at a- anyone, Bill Walsh from the 49ers. All of them will say the same thing. It's not about doing, going after the prize. It's about doing the little things every day that lead to the prize. So the mindset of a sales champion is one that says, I trust that if I focus now on the process every single day and do the right activities and spend my time in the right places, that the prize will come versus I'm chasing and running circles around this one or two deals. And when I'm not doing that, I'm stressed out and I can't think versus like, okay, these are the things I need to do today, every single day. And if I, it's almost like a machine. If I feed the right inputs, then the outcomes are going to be there. So focusing on the inputs instead of the outcomes. Outcomes come out of inputs, which is what you put in. If you just take those words and you reverse them, right? Output means, right? Out, outcome means come out of input, meaning put in. So yep. the winning mindset is putting in the right inputs every single day. And in sales, there's two inputs that matter. Okay. Number one is advancing pipeline. If you have any deals, it's identifying what are the key next steps in those deals? How can I multi-thread? Who are the key champions? What are the gaps, you know, next steps that are going to advance deals? That comes first, right? The second input is creating pipeline. That is it. Advancing and creating pipeline. Everything else is noise and companies do a piss poor job of distracting and overwhelming the reps with noise that actually isn't relating to creating or advancing pipeline. And I think, you know, people as sales leaders, you have to take responsibility. So when I was leading teams, it was like, filter the noise, filter the noise. Don't give my reps more. Keep them focused on two things, advancing great pipeline. I'll take care of the rest. So I think that now it's more difficult than ever because people get overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. They know what to do. So it's really about making it really simple and breaking down what are the activities under those two buckets that you need to be doing. And that's the mindset. The mindset is um, process over prize. I'm going to focus on the things that lead to results versus obsessing about the results themselves, which only causes strength, uh, stress, anxiety, and um, overwhelm, right? How am I going to hit my number? What am I going to do? So I'll, I'll pause there. And then there's another mindset I'll, I'll talk to that's key to sales champions as well. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan of that mindset. And um, I'm a firm believer in it. And uh, you talk about John Wood and Nick Saban as examples. You know, John Wooden talks about like the first day is all about how to tie your shoes. And it's like, do the basics really well. Uh, Nick Saban, I'm a, I live in Atlanta, so we're big college football fans. And uh, Kirby Smart uh, coaches at UGA, and he's an acolyte of uh, Nick Saban. He's learned a few things from him and has won two back-to-back national championships. And it's all about how do we get better today? 
uh, and focus on today. And it's get 1% better every day and focus on the process versus becoming a national champion. Uh, and to your point, if you focus on the inputs, those naturally take care of themselves. And uh, so I like the idea of process over prize. Uh, and for a rep specifically, uh, it's all about pipeline. How do you manage and how do you grow? Uh, it's a yeah, really and, and good way to drive clarity process. and crystallization. He calls it process thinking. He, If you look at process thinking, Nick Saban has a whole Wikipedia article on it. And it's like, yeah. it is the common denominator. I don't care if you're coaching athletes or you're coaching salespeople or you're coaching executives. It's the same thing. It's what can you do today? And, and here's what comes from that. And you probably experienced this because you're a CEO and a co-founder like me. And what comes from this is peace of mind. Peace of mind and knowing you are doing all you can to become the best you're capable of becoming. And that's really what I work with people on is, is this mindset. The reason sales reps are really unhappy. Um, there was a study. I have a guy named Jeff Risley coming on my show in a, um, in a couple of days and we're going to talk about it, but 70% of um, reps now report um, their mental health is fair or poor, which is really, really scary. Wow. That impacts results. It's the sales health alliance. You can look up the data behind it. How do you think you're going to show up for work in front of clients if you're reporting your mental health is fair or poor, right? So if you fix the person and you get the person to an all-in state where they have peace of mind and knowing they're doing all they can, right? They're going to be able to sleep better at night. They're going to be able to be more present. They're going to be able to focus and execute more. So that's what I've encountered more than anything else is just sales reps are not happy with their own efforts. They're not feel like they're not doing enough. They feel guilty because they're so distracted or they're not executing. They're not prospecting. They're not doing the things that they know they need to do to be successful. And why is that, right? It's because of bad habits. And that's where, again, once you get the mindset right, then you have to work on the habits and unpack what they're actually doing with their time and how to help them learn to say no and how to focus and a lot of the things that really lead to the, the results that we want. Yeah, we have a, um, it reminds me one of our values at Rev Partners is do your best, not your all. Um, and it's that whole, it speaks into what you're just describing of like the mental health aspect of like, I'm giving everything I've got, but ultimately that's, that's too much and it's very overwhelming. Uh, and so if we have crystallization and clarity all around what we need to be doing um, that allows us to do our best and say, hey, am I giving my best? And you can say yes or no to that question because I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, all right, Ian, let's transition into the next topic. We, we mentioned the mindset and then you, you're segueing into the habits. So once you know the things that uh, are most important um, in terms of process over prize, how do you make sure you instill the right habits um, to drive that, um, the right behaviors? Well, it's, it's ironic, but... Um one of the things that I, I, I've heard a lot, I didn't make this up. I heard it and it's, it's been trying to do for years. How you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you have bad personal habits, you're going to have bad work habits. You can't have great work habits and then have terrible personal habits or terrible relationship habits or whatever. It, it all kind of bleeds together the way you show up. So, so for me, what I do is I look at their, their habits at work and their habits in their personal life. And I try and actually work on the habits that are going to help them um, specifically work better. So for me, exercise and helping people exercise consistently 
will actually help them feel good. And when they feel good in the morning specifically, that usually translates into the day. So I'll get people on a regular exercise routine before they start work to build that discipline. And it's amazing how it just translates into they're feeling better at the start of the day. They have more energy. They're happier. And it's confidence. Confidence comes from keeping your word to yourself. So get people to commit to something that's going to make them happy and healthy and then watch that translate into the, the work life. So that's kind of the, you can't ignore the personal habits. I think they, they bleed together. So for me, um, exercise helps with the energy to, to get people in a peak state. And sales is all about energy transfer. You've got to have energy and passion that then transfers to your clients about what you're doing. So you've got to get your own energy right to be able to um, energize others. And then the second piece is focus, right? How do you actually focus? And, and really, again, what we're dealing with right now is a generation of people, adults and millennials and all ages, really, that are prone to distraction. We are, you know, living with a, a computer sitting in our hands 24-7 with apps and notifications and, you know, everything to just make our brain essentially rewiring to crave immediate gratification that comes with dopamine, okay? And by going on apps in between tasks or in between, you know, priorities, we're actually continuing to reinforce that neural pathway of dopamine where we're becoming dopamine dependent. And so what I do is I look at kind of where they spend the time wasters of distractions, apps, whether it's Instagram or YouTube or news or sports or whatever, and we say, how much time are you spending on that? And what I see is on average, about two to five hours per person. And that's during the workday. Well, what can wow. you do with two to five hours? That's, and again, these are reps that are high performers that are coming to me and where they never, would never share this with their manager, but this is what is going on. People are not working because they're distracted. So we just delete those apps. We literally will delete them during the week and we'll, we'll basically use tools like Opal to minimize how much time they're spending on distractions. And that forces them to be with their thoughts and not go to the immediate thing that's giving them dopamine. So yeah. with habits, it's all about choosing to delay gratification versus choosing immediate gratification. When you can starve that dopamine, when you can starve those distractions, then you're forced to actually work a little bit. So that's the first part of it, is see how much wiring their brain has been based on what they're doing, unpack those things. And again, this is like, it's like half sales coaching, half sales therapy, because they wouldn't admit this, but once you see that, it's like, holy shit. If you're making 250 an hour based on your time, let's say, I'll just give you, a simple equation I can use, and I think sales leaders can use this everywhere. Let's say your rep makes 250000 a year, and they're working four hours on revenue-generating activities per day, and that would be generous, okay? You take that 250, you divide it by 20 hours a week, divide that by 48 hours a week, that's $260 an hour is the value of their time for revenue-generating activities. Take that three hours they wasted in a week, in a day, on distractions and non-revenue activities or administrative or Slack, email, just non-important activities and multiply it by three, that's 781 a day times five days a week times the 48 weeks a year. You just added 187K if they could just eliminate that. That same rep, just by making that change now, okay, is 200% of quota versus 100% making 400 versus 250. And it works every single time. There is not a single time when they eliminate these things and then do RGAs when they don't see their results increase. So it's just, again, most managers aren't having these conversations. Most managers aren't coaching and leading. They're just managing the forecast and the pipeline versus the person yeah. and helping develop the, 
person. So people come to me for that. I help them and then they get the results and then more people come. So it's, it's really about eliminating distractions, learning to focus, and then identifying those core things that they need to do, which they already know what they are for the most part that they could and should be doing that typically get put off in place of distractions or busy work or something that really doesn't move the needle. Yeah, I like that a lot uh, in terms of, you know, it, you can't tell like what you're kind of describing is you can't compartmentalize some of these things. Um, and so they, there's a bleed over between personal and professional. Uh, I think you even alluded to that even in your, your backstory of kind of you were running that race hard in Salesforce and it got to the point where there was issues. Uh, yeah, so there was a lot of addiction issues. And honestly, like I remember I closed a, a $12 million deal. In the next two days, I was on my phone playing video games for two days straight. I'm like, I deserve this. And I felt so low after closing this. Hmm. Like, what is wrong with me? It's huh. this feeling of like, even though I'm doing all these things, I still have this kind of uh, angst or this, you know, yeah. need. And, it, and it's like, once you settle that and you calm the mind and you get to a place where you're just showing up and doing your best, you know, doing what you can, that you have grace with yourself and you're not like beating yourself up. Um, that that's where the magic happens. And it's hard to break it down simply. It's not a one session or talk to me for an hour and you're mad. That's why my program is a year. People come in and they come out a year later as a different person because this stuff takes time to unpack. It takes time to really, yeah. you know, to, to change habits because habits are embedded for life. You're not just going to listen to a podcast and just change your habits. But I'd say if one takeaway would be look at screen time, look at how much time you're actually spending and delete the apps that are you know, that are taking up your time. And it's amazing how your brain starts to change because you'll find yourself looking for that thing, looking for that distraction and you don't have it. And all of a sudden you have to be with yourself. And when you're with yourself, that's when it gets uncomfortable versus just distracting yourself all the time. And that's when the growth happens when you're uncomfortable. Yeah, that, uh, Apple has this really, well, people either love it or hate it probably, but they have that tool where it says like how long you, on average, you spend on your phone per day. Uh, that's a pretty uh, revealing number. Uh, and But you should, I mean, one of the things that we, we started doing is you got to tell somebody. Uh, you can't just look at it. You have to say, hey, here's how much time I spent this, this week. Um, and that is an uncomfortable <laughs> conversation to have. Uh, and it reminds me of a book uh, by John Mark Comer called Ruthless and Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, uh, which speaks mm -hmm. to a lot of what you're describing of how do you slow down? How do you not become a slave to that dopamine and, and really make sure you have the right habits? Um, let's move into the last topic, Ian, um, as we wrap up a bit. And that's getting into, when we talk about habits, you talked about the personal habits that you help um, the individual with, but there's also a, a role and responsibility that the manager has uh, in terms of allowing them to focus on those key uh, priority that you mentioned in the very beginning, which is around pipeline, whether it's development or uh, progression. Uh, so how how can a, a manager uh, help drive that? I know we talked about the, the noise and distraction, yeah. but how, let's get more specific on what those things are yeah. and what you seem to be effective. And again, I know we're only 15, 20 minutes. I could spend three hours breaking down the details <laughs> on this. But again, it's, it's all about um, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So in the, in the work habits specifically and what managers can do, um, I think number one is just they need to set expectations. One thing I see managers do really poorly is they manage activity, but not impact. So when I was leading my sales team and what I managed with, you know, I still have a hundred people that I coach and I, I manage them and manage their results. Um, cause that's what they're paying me for. It, it's, it's really about looking at, um, how and where they're spending their time. 
and helping them prioritize what they can say yes to and what they can say no to. And so as a, as a sales leader, um, one thing you can do is actually um, coach them. And I know that sounds basic, but where a lot of people are sales leaders is they coach deals and they just look at the deals. What can I do to advance it? But coaching the person as looking at their calendar and helping them figure out where to spend their time, helping them block off time for prospecting, helping them with their territory plan, where they could specifically um, prioritize accounts, helping them with their messaging, right? Let me look at your emails. Let me see what you're sending out. Let me see what quality. Um, are you developing a point of view that's relevant and that's specific to the individual or the company that you're going after, right? A lot of times when you look and you actually, I, just yesterday I was coaching someone, he showed me his emails. It could, it was to Northrop Grumman and, and it could have been sent to any account. I'm like, that's not, I wouldn't send that out. You got to do your research on Northrop and why should they care? And show me, you know me, right? So when you actually pull up the hood of the pipeline, if they're not generating pipeline, the, the, the thing that managers look at is how many calls did you make and how many emails you sent. That doesn't matter. The only three metrics as a manager that matters that you should be looking at is what meetings did you have? Of those meetings, what opportunities came out of it? And of those opportunities, what's closing? Meetings? Pipeline generated and, and deals closed. So if they have a big pipeline, but they're not closing, that means you need to work with them on advancing close line and close uh, pipeline and, and closing skills. If they have a lot of meetings, but they're not generating pipeline, that means that their value proposition is off or their discovery is not great. And if they don't have any meetings, that means their prospecting messaging is bad. So you need to diagnose and really inspect where they're problems are and then help develop them. And if you don't have time, capacity, or energy to develop them, send them to me. Send them to a third party <laughs> that can help coach. I mean it because if you can't do it, where are they getting it from? Odds are they're not. They're not going off on their own and learning. They're just frustrated. They're not getting results. The company and the managers are generally too busy to help and it's not their fault. They want to help. It's just they're running. There's a yeah. lot of demands on sale, frontline sales managers. And they don't have the time. Their intentions are good, but they don't have the time to really go deep with coaching. So that's the key is like coach on the right things, lead by example, and then roll up your sleeves and get in the field with them. Close their deals. Your job as a manager is to put money in your rep's pocket. Don't sit behind a report in Salesforce looking at what they're doing. Go out in the field, get in front of customers and help them, you know, put money in their pockets by getting in front of their clients. That's what the best managers do. Yeah, I like the the reminder, the focus on impacts, not on activity. Uh, and then really being crystal clear on what those three metrics are that really measure impact, which gets into meetings, opportunities, and then what's closing. You know, we sit at the RevOps seat, which is more of the, to your point, the data and the uh, reporting element. And that to me is all about leakage. Where's the leakage occurring and, and where do we have a conversion problem? Uh, right. And so that's, that's right. where you can help empower that manager with, hey, your rep is that MQL to SQL is not, that conversion rate's really low or the SQL to close one, meaning opportunity to close yeah. one is low. And then you can, to your point, coach the rep on, hey, here's the problem. Uh, and how can I help you? Uh, and I'm, how can I help you? But here's how I want to help you. You, you got it right. And I, I'm doing this right now in my own business. We are doing so much um, marketing and it's driving a lot of inbound leads where my, my head of sales has um, a lot of calls and I've noticed his um, – conversion metrics dropped off tremendously, right? And is it because how we're positioning the calls? Is it because they're less qualified and we're offering free coaching sessions? What is it? And when I really inspected what it was, I found that it was him. I found that he was feeling, he's getting married. He's got a lot of responsibility right now. He's a bit overwhelmed. So what did that mean? It mean I needed to help 
you know, reassure him that he's going to be great. That, that yeah. you know, the weight of the world is not on his shoulders. That you know what, you're going to be okay. Don't put so much pressure on yourself and relief some of that pressure he's putting on himself. Because when you put that much pressure, you don't perform. Pressure cracks. You need to yeah. encourage and support people. So I'm just like, am I going to? get fired? Is there a problem? Like, no, brother, I believe in you. That's why I hired you. But you're you're getting in your own way by putting all this pressure. We're here to help people. We're here to serve people. It's not a fit. Don't worry about pitching them. Lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. Your job is to do your very best to show them how and where we can help them and then lead them to buy. But if, if they don't, you know, then, then that's okay. And then what it did by having low conversion is it forced me to pivot and take action. So now I'm recording his calls. I'm coaching and watching what he's doing and I'm attending and going to calls with him so I can actually be part of his calls so he can see how it's done and then I can have a little more impact. So it's again, it's all about focusing on the things you can control as a CEO, as a head of revenue, whatever your role, what can you do where you don't feel like you're out of control? And for me, it's getting closer to my team and making sure I'm supporting them, developing them and making sure that I'm, I'm responsible for their success. So I think, again, as a coach, I need to practice what I preach and coach my own team. And that's what I'm doing yeah. right now. Well, it's a good reminder that, um, as you were even using your, you know, personal example, uh, what you're instilling is confidence that you believe in that person, uh, and that you're there to partner alongside them as opposed to be a big brother and, um, have some like adversarial relationship. And I think that is such a huge element that oftentimes a lot of sales managers don't recognize. And the second thing, when you talk about focus, you talk about yes and no's and what we, you know, I think this is more of a, um, uh, Jeff Bezos ism, but it's like every yes is a no. And so being mindful that, um, everything you do, you're saying no to something else. And so being very clear about what you're going to prioritize. So it's a good way to, it's a good forcing function to understand, uh, what you need to be focusing on for that day. Um, I think if you say yes, if you say yes to other people's priorities, you're saying no to your own priorities. So it starts with yeah. defining what are your priorities in each of your roles and then blocking that off in the calendar and being sacred with, honoring the time that you block off. Yeah, that's a really good thought. Uh, and as we um, wrap up, uh, final lap question, if, if we're, you know, if we have reps here, we have managers saying, hey, I'd love to learn more about Ian's process and his coaching, or, uh, you know, say, hey, from our company perspective, this would be great for our reps to roll out. Uh, what's the next, next step that they can take? Yeah, I would say reach out on LinkedIn, um, which is, uh, you know, I'm always on LinkedIn. I'm always posting and sharing content. Send me a direct message with a connection request um, and say, hey, let's talk. And we could set up a call and talk about where your team needs help. And I can go through some of the workshops I provide. Or if you want to sign them up for my coaching programs and I'll do the coaching with them, then we can talk about what that looks like. Um, my website is untapyoursalespotential.com. So you can book a call with my sales team there if you want to talk about the programs or just reach out to me directly if you want to talk to me. And I'm happy to see how and where I can help your team. All right. I'm sure you'll get a lot of calls, Ian, after this conversation. There's a lot of good nuggets and reminders um, for, for our team just to make sure we have the right mindset uh, and we create the right habits uh, and that we are driving the right focus and mindset for our team through the manager. So uh, thanks again. Really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Brendan. Appreciate it.